Hey, welcome to episode 75 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how you might just need to delete that app. I'm Aaliyah, and I'm going to be talking about how people's response is not your responsibility. And I'm Brian, and I'm going to talk about how the best weapon we have is actually God's Word right here in our hands. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Brian, Aaliyah, thanks for being on. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, so we're wrapping up. We're pretty close to wrapping up this series, uh, Mending Fences. Mm-hmm. We're looking at uh, protecting our faith, but also pursuing those who have strayed from there. So with that, we're looking at a lot of the reasons why people stray so that we can be conscious of that ourselves, but also so that we can kind of know and maybe have a little bit better understanding of what led some of the people in our lives to leave their faith. So what we looked at this weekend was curiosity. And honestly, what I thought was maybe one of the most helpful things from this weekend was that spiral depiction Mm -hmm. was like such a good indicator of where curiosity leads us. It went uh, exploring, enjoying, evaluating, and then exiting. Um, So I kind of want to look at each piece of that spiral to the different phases of curiosity and say, okay, if I'm watching this episode and I were to take a real clear look at my life and say, oh man, I'm exploring right now. Like, what's my response? How do I respond to exploring? How do I respond to enjoying? How do I respond to evaluating? So let's kind of go down that list and talk about maybe some like practical steps that we could take if we caught ourselves uh, beginning that rabbit trail of curiosity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead, Leah. Okay, yeah, I think, well, when I'm thinking this question through, I'm thinking a little bit in the lens of kids. I work with kids. I'm Mm -hmm. on our kids team here. And so even thinking about like fifth and sixth graders start to have some questions. Why, why are things this way? Why am I not allowed to cuss? Why am I, you know, they have all kinds of different questions they bring to their small group leaders. And it's kind of a good way to see, we do the same things as adults. So to see it more objectively in a child, you can see like, oh yeah, I do that same thing. And one of the first things that's really helpful is let's look at God's word together. Like, what does God's word say about this? Is this just a rule God has to have a rule or what's the reason behind it? And that can be really helpful when we're leading kids, but also in my own life. If I'm curious about something, if I'm thinking about something like, why is this bad? Why is this not okay? Going back to the source, going back to God's word and seeing the reasoning, not only in when he said things explicitly, but through stories as well, like all these narratives in the Bible that talk about people, you know, going down these paths or these parables even that Jesus told, why is this, you know, not a helpful thing in my life? So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good first step is going back to scripture and seeing what does scripture say about this question that I have and starting there. Yeah. And that's such a good point because probably the next, the next three get real dangerous. Uh, and that's probably where we're heading into that dangerous right. curiosity. But that exploring piece, that's that's a really beneficial, you look at the wave of deconstruction that's happening, mm-hmm. and one of the great criticisms from those deconstructing is that the church hasn't given me the room to explore or to ask questions. And so yeah. that's a great spot, like, spot to yeah. start to mm-hmm. say, man, I got questions, let me dig into scripture and see what it has to say about that. Cause that's one of those things that sparks our learning. Yeah. yeah. Or people are frustrated with, they don't feel like they got the honest answer. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah like they got they the, the, the churchy answer. answer. Yeah. Right. right? This right. the very surface level 
Like the reason we don't do that is because we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that wasn't an answer. But you know, and when you're, when you're older and you're thinking about it, you're like, wait a second, that wasn't an answer. Right. What is going on? My yeah, church you, is just trying start to doing brainwash the me. Nobody's ever given me a real answer as yeah, to why we think this or do this. And that's what's driving a lot because they're they're not they've never dealt with the hard answers. Mm. And that's another thing and that's why I love that Aaliyah because if we go to God's word, not consultations about God's word, which mm-hmm. is the internet's full of them, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's what God's word says. When you could literally just open it mm-hmm. and see it for yourself. Um, that doesn't mean we don't need to have tools that help us understand it. But so often we go to the, in, you know, kind of the, the parsing out of God's word rather than to God's word itself right. through other people's lenses, which by the way, right, often is other people's motivations or agendas. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard part. And I, I love that for the kids go to God's word, not everything else. Go to God's word first. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand or it needs you need help, then you go to someone else that you trust who's wiser, maybe has a little more, and then they can help you work through that. Yeah. And that's such an important part. When you find yourself exploring, um, I think it's a really good thing to explore and maybe even talk about why. Like, mm-hmm. why are we exploring this? Yeah. Because that, I mean, when you talk about curiosity, curiosity, you know, even Todd mentioned it, right? Curiosity killed the Kerouac cat. It, it, it can kill yeah if your motivation is not placed in the right you know coming from the right place you can want curiosity and and chase it down and almost excuse yourself in your curiosity because your motivation was always off from the jump Mm -hmm. and so i think even with kids it's like well um, why are you wondering about that Mm. yeah what's the need you're trying to have met through this thing what is the issue you're trying to solve or the friendship you're trying to make or whatever yeah those you you have to get down to the Mm -hmm. deeper the root issue that is causing the behavior Mm -hmm. causing Mm -hmm. the curiosity to come about because i mean it's a legitimate thing to ask like you brought up like cussing well why doesn't god want us to use words i mean they're just words Mm -hmm. okay well why are you wondering about that Yeah. yeah oh because all the kids in my school talk like that and they kind of tease me because i don't Right. So the motivation mm-hmm. is actually, I want to belong and I feel a little bit like I'm ostracized or left mm-hmm. out by not participating in this. And so I'm curious of why do I have to not do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So the motivation reveals itself very quickly. Uh, I'm having a hard time belonging or being comfortable not belonging, which is yeah. exactly what Jesus's word speaks to. And he says, the world hated me, it will hate you as well. Yeah. Like there, there's some poignant things. If we all want to talk about what Jesus said, man, there's some hard stuff that yeah. Jesus said. Just open mm. the Bible, start reading it. And you'll go, oh, whoa, I don't, I don't remember him saying that because mm-hmm. I didn't learn that one in Sunday school or whatever. And that's where I think, you know, if we pull at the motivation, we can push into the scripture towards real answers, not surface level Sunday school answers, so to speak. And what I hear you saying, Brian, is that uh, an honest answer requires an honest reason as well. Mm-hmm. So there yes. is, there's a very fair That's judgment of it. us as the church. Yeah. We're not giving honest answers all the time, but also we need the honest reason why you're asking the question to give the honest right. answer. Mm-hmm. Cause we could give the legalistic answer. Well, we don't do that because it's bad or whatever, yeah. but 
if we dig down to, well, why are you interested in it in the first place? Now we can give you the answer that's really going to be helpful yeah. because that's going to be the one that speaks to your motivation, not just to the action. Right. Which was why Todd's, you know, first point founded and grounded in the goodness of God solves so many curiosities mm. because you start to see the beauty and why God defined the world the way he defined it, the way he calls us our, our, you know, people group, that is the people of God, the new creation people, to define the world in the beauty that he created it in, not in aberrations of that beauty. Mm. And it's his goodness that grounds us in that. So I can see the beauty in why God calls us to hard things, culturally speaking, mm. because they're good things, because God created them that way. Yeah. And so there's, a, there's an easy connect there um, to if my motivation is to see and know God and therefore know his goodness, man, I'm going to end up not continuing down the trajectory of the spiral, yeah. but get the answer that is, you know, purposefully and intentionally designed to help me mm-hmm. yeah. on this top part where I'm just exploring. I mean, I'm just, I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good, you know, kind of, I guess, um, stop gap to say, man, are you trusting God in it? Mm. If you are ask away if you're trying to find a way out of trusting god let's talk about that yeah you know so yeah, let's be honest yeah. about it yeah and i'm way less prone to look over the fence if i trust that the shepherd is Correct. as good as the scriptures say this that he grass is. is good man. right yeah, yeah. i'm not looking for? beyond to say well is there better because yeah. i i trust that it's good so yeah. again that's going to cut off a lot of curiosity at the head right mm-hmm. trust in that goodness so let's go one step further down, enjoying. If I catch myself, okay, now I'm I'm not just exploring, but I actually am kind of growing to favor some of these things that I was exploring over the way that, that God would have me live. If I'm enjoying now, what's my what's my response? How do I need to react to that? Yeah. Yeah. I think enjoying is um, I think it's one of those things where it's so, so hard almost going back a step. If we don't have people in our life that are godly, that care about us, then we're much more easily able to start to fall into enjoyment in a way that's really hard to come out of. Mm-hmm. And so I think even preemptively, you know, I know I'm, I'm sidestepping your question there, Jackson, yeah. in a way. But what I'm saying is it it is so hard. And that's one of the things that I think why even, you know, children need to be told no for their own protection Mm -hmm. right i mean we tell them don't touch that why because it will burn your hand Mm -hmm. um don't run into the street why because you might get hit by a car like those are good but those don't generally speaking they don't come from people that don't have a relationship with me like i don't trust it as much meaning if i hear you know the angry grouchy neighbor yell at me don't go in the street i don't hear I care for you. I don't want you to get hurt. Right, yeah. I Brian's hear, like, this what's guy's in the yeah, street, man? This, yeah, exactly. And so something. It, it makes me want to, oh, I think there's something to enjoy over there. Yeah. Mm. And so there is this, this part of, if you isolate yourself in your curiosity, yeah. I think that's when you're starting to give yourself over to enjoyment because mm. isolation allows me to affirm myself in whatever I am That's how doing. we catch it. Yeah. yeah. And so how do you catch it is you don't isolate. You pull yourself sometimes awkwardly 
into relationships that you know are going to push you towards God. Mm. Um, and that only comes through trusting some people that, that know God, right? Mm. And so that is a huge part of it because I think we isolation, and that is, you know, even, you know, Satan does pour around like a lion. How do lions hunt? They hunt in the pack. How do they hunt? Isolate a weak prey. Yeah. Mm. Triangulate and isolate. And if we find ourselves isolating, man, you have catch yourself. You've gone. You've, you're starting to enjoy and want no criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's a good catch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I honestly, I kind of think if you don't catch yourself at the beginning of that enjoyment phase, mm. you're not going to catch it until you get to evaluating. Right. Like, it's that that is such a quick slippery slope, and it might be years long. Of just, I just enjoy this thing. I'm not thinking twice about it because I enjoy it. And it's it's easier, it's more comfortable, like you fill in all the blanks. I'm not going to catch that until there's that conflict in my spirit, whether it's the conviction of the spirit or it's that... You know, you know, we even talked about that moral compass this weekend of I'm just created in the image of God. So I just kind of have this sense of like, mm, it's just not totally right. And so until you get there, though, you're probably not going to catch the enjoyment piece of I'm enjoying something I shouldn't because you're just enjoying. And mm-hmm. so yeah. our immediate reaction when we're enjoying something is like, this is good. I want more of it. Right? Yeah. And so you're kind of heaping on almost in that. Yeah. So community, a great solution. For sure. Yeah. I was also thinking through just like when we're following Jesus and if we're starting to wander and walk kind of aggressively down the wrong path, I do think that the Holy Spirit is going to convict us. Like if we're, you know, trying to follow Jesus and we're following this other thing at the same time, we are going to feel that conviction, but it is a still small voice. Like it's easily silenced and not silenced, but ignored. Like you can easily tune it out and be listening to things that are a lot louder. And so I think just the importance of that community being able to speak in, like God speaks using his spirit in many different ways. It is that still small voice. It is through our community, through people that we're in relationship with. It is still through, you know, sermons on the weekend. There's so many different ways that God speaks in stereo. And so trying to keep that sensitivity to the spirit and listening to that direction. And that is hard when you're in the enjoyment stage of it. You don't really want to stop or, you know, take stock of what's going on. But I think that that's a really important part of it is that the spirit is going to prompt that conviction or even that just slight discomfort of like, I don't know why this feels a little bit off. And maybe the good way it makes me feel to me outweighs that little bit of discomfort. But I think that is going to be there if we're curious and exploring something that is outside of God's design. Yeah. And I, and I need to, in that enjoyment phase, um, if I am going to wake up there, it's going to be because of discipline. God's going to come in and he's going to discipline, right? That's what the shepherd does. Breaks the legs, whips the staff out, whatever it is, right? Like that's what that's for. Mm -hmm. That's the role that the shepherd plays. And that again, even the, the point this weekend was, that can actually be a really good thing for your faith that you went down this road. You thought, man, this is it. This is going to be good for me. It wasn't. But when the shepherd pulled you back, you realize, and this is always what's been best for me. And that's when it like really lands for, I think many of us, we require that rebuke or that discipline. Yeah. And the hard part is right. The way, the way God has chosen to do that often is 
through other sheep. Yeah. Like that whole Matthew 18 passage that, that Todd spoke to this weekend, the idea that it's, it's hard to be humbled by someone, you know, when they come to you and say, I don't think you're doing this well mm. or right. Um, and it's not God. Cause if God was to stand before me, I'd probably be like, you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. But when it's Jackson, I'm like, bro, what is he you? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, that's just a natural response for someone who is maybe, um, and I love you bringing that up, Aaliyah, the Holy Spirit, who's someone not, who's not in tune with the Holy Spirit, but has actually quenched the mm. spirit as, as the Bible speaks to, right? Don't quench the spirit. What does that mean? Well, it means don't become deaf to the conviction. Don't become hardened to correction. Don't become um, uh, dismissive of requirement of what God calls us to. That is right action versus wrong action, virtue versus vice. Like all of those things are, you can quench the spirit, meaning not allow him to bring those to mind and help that, you know, because you're pulling out into isolation and therefore you won't hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the scary aspects of enjoyment. Enjoyment's all the endorphins are firing and everything is, you're, you're feeling this euphoric reality of whatever it is. And that doesn't even have to be an action, right? Mm-hmm. Some actions are more, um, I guess, endorphin filled. Like that's why sexuality and pornography is such a trap because it's so endorphin filled yeah. that it just sucks people down yeah. into it. It's like a drug. Oh yeah. And it, and it so reinforces the enjoyment yeah. that they don't even want to turn from it. And mm-hmm. that's the scary part is when you get to a point where you're like, if you don't have people in your life who are able to do that Matthew 18 and speak in, and, and the Holy Spirit be able to bring that correction and rebuke and conviction through others yeah. as they're relying on God's word, man, you can get to a point where you just don't care mm. anymore. Yeah, And that's really, really scary because we don't often consider that, that I can actually be rejecting God so much that I don't care to listen to him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that God's rejecting me, but I have so calloused myself I, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're falling that spiral onto exiting, right? So. Right. It's that, it's that great picture of um, Cain and Abel, right? Yeah. When God says to Cain, sin's crouching it's at crouching. the door, right? Mm-hmm. And it wants you. And the reason that sin had grown an influence in Cain's life was because he failed to engage with God on God's terms. He had mm-hmm. stopped right. worshiping God the way that God wanted to be worshiped. Yeah. And that gave sin more influence in his life. And I think that's so interesting because that can really happen for us in this exploration phase where it might not even be, man, I'm off doing egregious things at this point, but I've just slipped on the daily practices of doing life with God Mm -hmm. because it's a little more comfortable. Or honestly, it's nice to sleep in instead of wake up and have to, you know, do life with God to start my day, all of that. And that slow slip actually increases the influence of sin in our life. And then sin has this power that begins to grow in our life because we're creating more room for it by not living life with God on his terms. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get to that evaluation point, that is the, you know, I love that you brought up quench the Holy Spirit in the enjoyment phase, right? I'm enjoying, so I'm kind of silencing that voice over and over and over again, whether it's through other people or whatever. 
But then I reach this point of evaluating. For whatever reason, I'm convicted about this thing because God's either shaken me awake or because enough people have said it at this point. It's like, okay, something's wrong. Whatever has happened, I'm at a point of conviction. And now I'm at risk of grieving the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? That kind of one-two punch of not doing what he's asked me to do. So when I receive that conviction, like, I mean, is the obvious step, like, we got to repent? Like, how do I go about, like, an authentic repentance when that conviction hits? Yeah. Aaliyah, you want to start? I'm going to let you start. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a hard one because I think, you know, it seems almost as if it's progressive. Um, but the thing, and that's, I love the image of a spiral because a spiral isn't, it is progressive in a sense, but it's almost like a whirlpool, right? Yeah. And if you've ever thrown something into a whirlpool or something, sometimes it, it goes down and it comes back up, but it always gets sucked down, right? But things are sliding. There's a sliding scale of things there. And I think that's all in that. If you're, you're in that enjoyment part, you can slip down, but you can also slip back to, okay, I need to start moving out. Yeah. And sometimes that is a gradual moving out. Um, and sometimes it's a, it's in, it's a complete and utter, like I'm broken by what I've been pursuing and God, I know I need to turn and I can just boom, turn and f about face, um, the idea of repentance, right? The, the thing we have to keep in tension and remember repentance is never turning away from sin only. It's turning away from sin to God. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just behavior modification. Yeah. And that's where and it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Right? If I don't no, replace the thing, I stop yes, doing with something. And you're not going to actually grow. You're just going to mitigate that particular right. thing. And that's because if you turn away from that thing, oh, I'm no longer in that thing. But I haven't really gotten to the underlying maybe um, false assumption or mm. expectation or understanding of who God is. And so I never dealt with that part. And that's where you go to, again, I think it's funny we start with God's word and go back to God's word, but 2 Corinthians 10, Paul's you know kind of dealing with them on a lot of things that they had done wrong and he's correcting and he's defending himself as an apostle. And he's saying, look, we are real apostles. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter how we talk. We may not speak like all the fancy people with all the fancy stuff, um, but we come with the message that is not fancy, but it's spiritual truth. Mm -hmm. And he's very adamant about that throughout the book of 2 Corinthians, even as he continues it from 1 Corinthians. And he says something in, in chapter 10, verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Mm. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm. So Paul's speaking as an apostle and he's, he's basically saying the message we have, and that's the we in this passage, isn't so much to see it as us, but is to see it as the apostle that is, the uh, authoritative vessel of the first century church to speak the truth of God. Yeah. He says, look, we tear down arguments. We tear down wrong thinking. We tear down pretense. We tear down bad curiosities. Mm. Mm. And we do it not with weapons that the world fights with. I mean, I'm not going to give you a fancy argument. Here's the argument I'm going to give you. 
God has bought you. And if he bought you, then he gets to determine who you are. Mm -hmm. And if he gets to determine who you are, then he's going to reveal that. And if he's revealed that through his word, then your job is to adjust to it and embrace it. Mm -hmm. If you are his, that that's a, that's a pretty simple line of thinking, but it is a spiritual line of thinking because what? Because I'm not convincing you. I'm empowering you to understand what you once knew, once learned, once had the Holy Spirit bringing to mind. Mm -hmm. And that is such a big deal. That really comes through the people of God explaining and, and, and helping us work through the Word of God, that is the revealed truth of God, to point us back to the word of God that is Christ and mm. what he did for us and, and, and empowered by the spirit. So there's this real thing of seeing truth as found in God, seeing um, his word as revealing that truth, and then seeing his Holy Spirit as making that alive in me or bringing it to mm. illumination, understanding mm. in me. Uh, a pagan can understand what the words say. Uh, only a believer can understand that those words have meaning and yeah. need to conform. We need to conform to it. Hmm. And, and so the evaluating, yeah, you want to come to that point of repentance, but don't stop short of just mitigating action, right? Because yeah. then you're just going to circle back around to some other curiosity in the same vein yeah. that will lead you right back. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a point of meditating on God's word and contemplating Lord, help me work through this not get through this yeah. but work through this mm -hmm. so that i can work towards you and, and and bring people into my life that's why we exist as a church to help yeah. you reach yeah. out we have programming we have things that we offer we have pastors that can they can talk to you all of that right yeah because you can't do it alone even in the evaluating if you're still in that spot where you feel the conviction of the spirit man thank god yeah. for that yeah and and ask him for help yeah yeah and i love that encouragement right living things fight so it's like okay i might not figure we we always want the shortcut we want the quickest answer i might not figure it all out today like how it's all yeah. how i'm gonna get right but i'm gonna keep fighting because there is that conviction that this isn't right and yeah. so now we get into almost that second point from the message that disengage re-engage yeah. or engage for, for the for the first time for many of us in some of these things and the disengage i think that's the that piece of repentance that that's generally where we stop right we disengage from things mm -hmm. and we say bad things and then we just have this giant void in turning our life away, right? of yeah. something yeah. yeah we do the turning away part pretty good but we don't do the turning toward part yeah. super well so what are some of those other you mentioned some great ones god's word god's people what are some of those Aaliyah, like engage like who where would we go to engage in some things that would be yeah. helpful in repentance yeah no that's a great question i'm kind of thinking through this as an example in my own life we're coming out of a super busy season of wedding planning and you know getting through our wedding getting married and my yeah, own congratulations thank you <laughs> thank you my <laughs> own personal spiritual rhythms have just like in that season just went by the wayside like reading my Bible daily, not happening, praying, you know, consistently as a rhythm, just those things were not happening. And I was, I'm, you know, feeling depleted. And so even thinking this through, like how I've been trying to create those rhythms as 
consistent things again. Some of the things I think are important are accountability. Mm. So that's through people, I think, is mm-hmm. part of it. Like saying, you know, to my husband, I want you to call me out if mm-hmm. I don't read my Bible first thing. If I wake up and get on my phone, I want you to call me out, even though that's awkward and probably uncomfortable. I want that to be something that I know you're going to hold me accountable for. And it is, there are some things, you know, like I'm moving my phone to the other side of the room so that I'm not tempted to go on that. Yeah, Yeah, there's practical stuff to do there as well. But yeah, I think like you were talking about just finding people that you're able to work that out with so that you're not isolated because that could just take you down towards another curiosity that you could follow down. So I think being connected to people is so important. I think of young adults that we serve there and love young adults and being able to have discussions around a table every week with Mm. people in our same life stage and be able to ask the big questions that kind of stuff comes up all the time why is this not okay yeah why am why can i not you know um live with my boyfriend why is it not okay to do drugs i'm not asking these questions necessarily (laughs) but those things are coming up and i love that we're able to talk through those practical big questions together and that they the people at our table feel comfortable enough that they're able to ask that in a group but also know that like those answers are found in God like there's no question too big for him and that he has the answers Mm. that we can find that in scripture and we can work through that together as a group of friends as a community and so I think those are some really important things that you have people holding you accountable and that you're in environments where when those questions arise again when those curiosities arise again you're in a good position to be able to work that out with other people yeah yeah i love not filling that void right i've turned away from something that was bad for me yeah bring back in some spiritual rhythms that's a great first step but then not just like oh i'm just gonna go attend a church service like that's not gonna do a ton for filling that void you might get a shot in the arm and be encouraged for the next 12 hours but you're not gonna make it much further than that so getting plugged in with some people that are going to kind of reinforce um, some of those things uh, in my life and remind me of some of those truths. And you guys check me on this, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, another thing in that repentance piece of like on the practical side, let's take, let's take action for action. So if this hole that I've created in my life now where I said this is bad, I'm turning away from it. If I came to that action because I get angry and it's how I deal with my anger, if I came to it because that's part of my morning routine or my nighttime routine or wherever that action took place on a regular basis in my life, if it was an app that was leading me there, let me replace it with another action, another app. Uh, Like let me substitute something in, in this turning towards that's going to reinforce me again, my attention, my affections, my thoughts towards God. And so if I need to, if I've created a hole in my routine where I go to bed or I wake up, I'm gonna come back to fill that hole with the thing that was there if Mm -hmm. I don't find a replacement. Like I I love talking this through with young adults because it, feels like it's almost never really occurred to them of like, well, this app really trips me up. And it's like, well, have you ever tried deleting it? For some of them, that's like even just a new thought in general yeah, to delete the app that. in the yeah. first place. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe let's just get it off your phone to start with. But then, I don't know, could we hop on version and could we try f- 
every time my finger wants to go to that where that app was, I replace it on my screen with where you version is, delete the old app, and now I'm just kind of instinctually still clicking to that same spot. And that's not going to fix everything for me, but I'm beginning to replace some of those actions with some practical things that are going to point me in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the how to attain to repentance, I guess, the James 1 talks about if you lack wisdom, then ask of God. Mm. And he gives it everybody generously without finding you know fault, depending on the translation. But the idea being that if you seek God, which we don't know how to do, we know how to read about God, we know how to hear about God, yeah. go to church, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever, um, read our Bible, may or may not understand even what we read, but at least we read the Bible. The thing that's fascinating, right, the, the amount of content and information that we are able to absorb numbs us to being able to know anything mm-hmm. for real. And something that we see in the life of Jesus who didn't need anything, didn't need correction or reproving or rebuking or turning away, and he never spiraled in curiosity. He was pretty convinced of who he was and what he was there for. But he constantly went away to a quiet place and he prayed. I mean, he Mm. just prayed. Mm. He did not, didn't carry around a wheelbarrow full of scrolls because they didn't have a book, right? He didn't have this massive wheelbarrow. He had it locked away in his mind. We knew that because he quoted scripture so often. It's not like he just read it once. And, you know, these things he knew, he didn't carry them around. But what he did was he went away and he prayed by himself or with others very often. Mm. And that is that is something I think we, we minimize because we don't know how to do it because it's too quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's scary to sit yeah. in the quiet. It's too quiet. And that's where the wisdom of God comes, mm-hmm. is when everything else is able to be just pushed out and we can sit and hear his voice. And his voice should always coincide with his word. It's never gonna contradict it. And that's why it's good to have other people that you bounce that off of, right? Yeah. And even getting other people to give you ideas, you know, like even that, Jackson, yeah. just delete it, man. But put a block on your phone, whatever it is, yeah. right? And that's, um, I think those are really practical, but I think another thing to achieve real repentance, right, is is to call out to God for that. And and Psalm 51 is a great example where where David is calling out for repentance. Yeah. Even though he already did and all that, but he's saying, I want to keep this in my mind mm-hmm. that I can turn to God and be healed and, and out of this huge part that we just we've gotten out of habit with Mm -hmm. because our busy lifestyle doesn't leave space for sitting with God Mm -hmm. and if the Holy Spirit dwells in you then then he will minister to you yeah if you're not being ministered to perhaps you don't have the Holy Spirit perhaps you've never actually come to the knowledge of the truth Mm -hmm. and we can talk about that I mean we can yeah and for others listening, perhaps you might find yourself like, oh, I've been quenching the spirit. So maybe yeah. that's why I'm not yeah. hearing that on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. And then that last, you know, you've mentioned Matthew 18 already, Brian, but that last piece to the message this weekend was talking about those kind of real awkward conversations that this isn't just a good shepherd who goes after strays, but he calls the sheep to go after strays as well, to yeah. go talk to them, to, um, 
get involved. And I think that's so hard for us in such a um, tolerant and affirming culture that we live in that the immediate reaction to things is, man, I I don't want to step on your toes. I want to let you do you kind of a thing. And so we feel that same that same sense that we feel when somebody says something to us, like, who are you? Yeah. We feel that same thing when we feel like we need to say something to somebody else. We're like, who am I? Who am I yeah, to say this to them, right? Yeah. We feel that tension. So what are some, you know, from either experience or things you guys have seen worked, what are some, some helpful, you know, practical things we could point people to as to how to have that conversation, how to approach it in the first place? Um, yeah, I think... By nature, I tend to be a peacekeeper. So I don't want to have a confrontation. I don't want to feel like I'm arguing with someone. Mm -hmm. And I learned in college that there's a big difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And Mm -hmm. we're not called to be peacekeepers Mm -hmm. um, when we're following Jesus. We're called to be peacemakers. And that means having uncomfortable conversations sometimes because that creates a real peace rather than just feeling like we're all good. I'm going to look the other way. I feel yeah. a conviction that this thing I'm watching, this person I love go into is not right, but I don't want to deal with the awkwardness of that, so I'm not going to. That's not what God calls us to. And so I think for me, finding a lot of comfort in the fact that if God's calling me to do this, then I can fully trust him with how it goes. Mm-hmm. If this person doesn't respond well, that's not on not that that's not on me. If I handle it really poorly, then I have responsibility there. But if they don't respond well, God is the one that is in control of that. He's the one that has sovereignty over their life. I don't need to worry that like I need to fix them. I just need to be faithful with what God's called me to. Mm. And that has brought me a lot of comfort. Like God doesn't call me to control the result. I just need to be faithful in what he's called me to. Mm. And then really practically in those awkward conversations, it helps me to practice. So Mm, if I think through like, this is the conviction I felt, I'm spending time praying, like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you not want me to say? If I just go in there without practicing, I'm probably going to say something I don't mean, something that's not really the point, not on topic, that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I can't predict how the conversation is going to go. But if I practice, I can at least know this is what's really important here. These are the things I want to make sure I say, and then I can practice saying that in a truthful and loving way, not coming down hard, but also not, you know, validating something that I think is wrong, that scripture says is wrong. So for me, that's really helpful, especially getting nervous around conversations that are more awkward or can even be confrontational a little bit, practicing, talking that through with someone wise that I trust in just a really you know, non-emotional way, but saying, okay, I'm going to bounce this off of you. How does this sound to you? Mm. Um, Those are really helpful things for me. I love looking at it as like an exercise in faith, (coughs) right? Like God's called me to this. Let me have faith that he's going to show up and he's going to help. Yeah. And then on the other side, I think, um, you know, what a great idea to rehearse it ahead of time. And I think even in rehearsing it, embracing or understanding that it's not always going to be one conversation right it might be multiple going forward and so i think thinking that through like okay (coughs) sorry my throat's going crazy (laughs) getting choked up (coughs) 
it was such a good point that's what it was <laughs> um but this might not be a one-time conversation yeah. right so let me come up with maybe a strategy for this initial one but a curveball is going to come at me for sure mm -hmm. i'm not going to have a good answer to so let me plan on we we're going to need to circle back on that one because i don't have to have an answer for everything in this first conversation right so let me plan on being able to have some time to pause say that's a interesting point i hadn't <laughs> I thought about know. that yeah yeah i think yeah. that's i mean this is somebody that you know someone that you've done life with at least to some degree and so i think it's fair to say you know what i hadn't thought about that can i think yeah. about it we can talk again you know set a time to do it i don't think don't leave people hanging like if you're gonna have this awkward conversation then be ready to follow that up yeah. but i think that's totally fair to say rather than kind of stumble your way through and maybe say something that's not even in line with God's word or that maybe isn't even true. You know, I think it's better to take a pause. Yeah. yeah. And even coming that, I think for me, I tend to be unlike you. Like I'm not, I'm an instigator. Like I, I don't have a, you know, an issue jumping into to hard situations and speaking very directly and poignantly. Like don't beat around the bush on yeah. time for that. But that can also come across very harshly mm. or, or um, unintentionally judgmental mm. if I'm not aware and careful. And so I think the first thing when I go to pursue something like that, first I have to remember, um, even as you know, Todd pointed out, our goal is restoration, reconciliation, mm. repentance. Our goal is that. We're not, we're not accusing. Yeah. Right? We are trying to... Um, come in love and that's the other part you, you, so you have to have the goal of restoration and it has to be motivated by love mm -hmm. and if you don't have that then pray for it um, even have someone else that's where you know it says two or three witnesses right it says go first on your own and this is where it gets interesting in the wisdom of God comes in because sometimes before you even go on your own it might not be a bad thing to to go to someone that you trust and that you know also loves this person and love is not, oh, I, I have to know them for a long time and so I can't ever address things. Love's a decision, right? right. And, but you can go with a, the right motivation, even if you don't know the person well, out of love, but maybe have someone else praying as you go, mm. when you go, yeah. and with you, to have the right motivations. Because we all know we're not above criticism or wrong motives, yeah. even in our going and helping, right? Yeah, for sure. And so having someone that you can then even think about. You talk about rehearsing. I love that idea. Um, but perhaps it's like even, man, I, I feel like I need to say this to so-and-so um, in confidence. Can we, can you help me with wisdom on that? Yeah. Right? Doesn't They don't even have to know the person. If they know the Lord and they have the right motivations, that is to bring about reconciliation and restoration out of love, then man, they're a good source of wisdom. Yeah. Doesn't mean they have to go with you immediately. But it means that they go, you know, with you in spirit, so to speak, because they're helping you maintain a good way of looking at it. And that's a helpful screening process, too. Correct. Because right? that you person, might be like, that person might say, Brian, I don't know that you have the best motives behind this. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, they might or, be that check for you. Or, and this is the other one where we see even Jesus talk to this. If you see your brother in sin, you better make sure you don't have a log in your eye yeah. before yeah. you go to pull the speck out of his. And the idea being, as checking it with someone else, someone else could say, man, I see some of those similar things in you. Yeah, you're probably not the person to talk to them right? about this. Or yeah. let's yeah. deal with this. And then 
And then you can even go in with even a different perspective would yeah. help because if you, you know, by God's grace, turn and repent, realizing, oh, I'm guilty of the same thing, mm. then you go and you are able to remove the speck out yeah. of your brother's eye because you're seeing clearly and even with a new understanding because you were just dealing with the same thing. So there's there's aspects of that that I think are really helpful. Um, but but starting with the, the motivation of, of reconciliation and love is, is something you have to fight for. Yeah. Because in our world that is so heightened on contention and division, yeah. um, even in, you know, views on what is sin, right? There, yeah. there is major contention and division on what is sin, what is permissible and what is not permissible. Uh, it's a weird world we live in now, even within the church. Yeah. Like, what is fair game? Man, we have to come with such humility, and mm. that only comes through prayer and through the Holy Spirit as he speaks through other individuals as they understand his word. So you better know what a, the word says before you go starting to criticize or give others advice on how they should conform to the word. Yeah. So that's a big part of it too. And I think if you are feeling that sense in your spirit of like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right on this. I don't know if I'm off base. Helpful to talk to somebody. Also helpful if we're not looking at it as the conversation, one conversation right. to be had with this person, to say like, you know what would be great? Is an exploratory conversation with this person. Before a conversation that says, yeah. hey, I think this is a problem, to say, man, I'm confused. Like, could you help explain this to me or help me understand you know, why you've come to this conclusion, mm -hmm. or I'm understanding that you've come to this conclusion. Am I even right on that? You know, because a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we're assuming off of might be, you know, I saw this thing posted by you on social media. So now I'm reading between the lines. I think I know what that means. So instead of me just wondering if I'm picking up on that correctly, let's go sit down, let's have coffee. Mm -hmm. What's going on? I was seeing this, it had me confused. Could you explain it to right. me? Right, not coming with accusation. Exactly. But, but trying to seek understanding of you know, where you at with this. Because this, this doesn't seem to jive with this. Yeah. We both say we're about this. Right. Yeah. So help me reconcile that. Yeah. And I and, might come out of that conversation and say, okay, that was exactly what I thought it was. We need a follow up mm -hmm. Correct. because this, they're headed down a bad road. Or even in it, you can make yeah. that pivot, right? Yeah. If you're if you're familiar enough, but be hoping and praying for the, oh no no no, that's not what I meant at all, or I didn't yeah. you know I didn't mean to like that thing. Yeah, whatever it is, right? And then and you're, you're like, just like, oh, that makes okay, so much more good. sense. Yeah, yeah you know? glad I didn't come out, you know, guns yeah. blazing, yes, ready that's to what confront. I mean. my flamethrower. Yes. Yeah, correct. Because yeah. that's a hard that's a hard balance to, and it's hard to come back from. Too. Yeah. Yeah. When, when someone feels backed into the corner, they're less likely to, to respond well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we put enough stock into that when it comes even to the spiritual life, right? Because we're all fallen, we're all given, and we think, oh, because I'm coming with the Word of God, right. this person's just going to, if the Spirit of God is in them, they're going to cower to the, it's like, yeah, but they may have real hangups with you mm -hmm. to get in the way of that. Like yeah. that's where I love what you said, let it rest in the Holy Spirit's hands. Yeah. But even how we come is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, culturally, if you look at even public figures that you see get canceled or whatever, yeah. you know, there's no heart there to see anyone be restored. Mm -hmm. Once we found Move a on. mistake, yep. you're done. We don't want to see you again. And so that like 
that really does um, impact us when we see that culturally. And so people are going to feel defensive, I think. And if we come at them really aggressively, that's going to be really intimidating and overwhelming to feel like, do they even have a heart that wants to see this improve in me, that wants to see me be restored? Or are they just wanting to point out something that I'm doing wrong? Because people don't feel, you know, supported in that they don't feel they don't see the intention of I love you I care about you that's why I'm bringing this up yeah if it just feels like we're accusing and pointing the finger yeah I feel like we've all seen that conversation where it ends with well I just had to say my piece and right. it's like well I don't know I did my job yeah I don't I know just wanted you, you to have right heart coming that's into what this it sounds like. yeah I, I, love just, you. I just had to say my piece I yeah I had to do I'm, I'm kind of yeah. washing my hands of you which then says everything of I don't actually really care about you at right. all right yeah I just you know, I just wanted to say that yeah I just want to say that so I'm gonna move on yeah. you know and I think real practically too uh, on our YouTube channel we've got this great series called get out of a pick with Rick that is literally all about this conversation how to have this conversation well with people who have strayed or with people we might disagree with so couldn't encourage you more to check out that resource as well uh, which will be a huge help to you Brian and Aaliyah, thank you so much for your time. It's a really fun fun conversation. Uh, That's all we've got for this week of Tangible Takeaways. Don't forget to like the video, uh, subscribe so that you get future updates on videos as well, and maybe share it with a friend. Uh, We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.